Okay, this is where things is going to get really, 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 really interesting because y'all all know that the playoffs are here in the NFL. The Super Wild Card Weekend is here. So we're going to preview and predict every single game that we have right now. And we might as well begin with the first game that's coming on. The 49ers and the Seahawks. Where the 49ers complete the season sweep over the Seahawks in the wild card match. And whoever want to start this one off, by all means. By all means, I'll jump right in there. And I'm going to tell you, it's San Fran for a lot of reasons. Uh, I think Seattle tailed off at the end of the season. I think Geno Smith played well this whole season. Pete Carroll coached well this whole season. But let's be fair and clear, they not the, the, they don't have the same talent level as San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco 49ers got pro bowlers all over the place. Okay? That's just what it is. At every level on the defense, they got an offensive line. They got a running game. You know what I mean? They got Debo Samuels. They got Kittles. They got players. Okay? they got That's what it is. They got players. And then they got a great coach. Okay? So you add all that together. I know they got the rookie quarterback, the Mr. Irrelevant. I get all that. Brock, I get that. But it's San Francisco all the way. Seattle overachieved this year, and we got to be fair and clear with that. They backed into the playoffs. They overachieved. Kudos to Pete Carroll. Kudos to Geno Smith. You had a great season. It's goodbye. It's good night. San Francisco, 26-6. to This game is over. Um, You know, as much as I want to say it's a landslide that San Francisco is going to win, they're still worried that Brock Purdy, the rookie, is going to well, – how mm. what he does – in the playoffs, you know, it's not um easy. It's one thing to say, you know, you come into the season, you play well, but it's another thing to, to go into the playoffs and play well. You know, it's two different demons. Um, you know, I think the playing at home definitely benefits them tremendously. And I think, you know, the San Francisco should win the football game, but it's not going to be an easy, uh, easy win. I think Pete Carroll, one thing he's shown us in his career is that when he's the underdog, he surprises a lot of people. And that's one thing that Pete Carroll has shown us throughout his entirety of his career. And I don't know. You know, it's like it's tough because I'm I'm on the fence with both sides. But matter of fact, give me Seattle Seahawks to win this football game 23 to 20 in an upset win. Uh, I think Pete Carroll has a lot, a lot, a lot of tricks up his sleeve that's going to confuse Brock Purdy. And I think this is going to be that game where everyone's like Pete Carroll is the coach of the NFL. Hey, I don't, <laughs> I don't really no, see that. I don't really see the upset here. I think the the 49ers are going to sweep the series because they beat them twice already in the regular season. Now, there is a legit argument that it's hard to beat a team in the NFL three times in a row. Okay, that, that that's a, a valid point there. But I think for me, when you talk about what could be the difference for Seattle in a good way, right, if they want to accomplish what Zay is predicting them to do, it's going to rely on Kenneth Walker, their running back, their rookie. Because in week two, when they played before, he only had four carries on a day. He was second fiddle to Rashard Penny. And the next meeting, he just came off an injury. So if he has over 100 yards, which he has had in the last three games, then they have a chance if they're able to run the football. The problem is that the 49ers are so good and in-depth in the trenches that it's going to be hard for me to pick Seattle here. Seattle has one of the worst offensive lines in football. They have, I believe, according to Pro Football Focus, they have near the bottom. The 49ers are going to eat them up in the trenches, and that's why I like the 49ers to win a close game. 24-16, I go. 49ers. Uh, let's move on to the next game that we have here. We talk about quarterback battle. Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Herbert. Who wins? And Zay, who wins? So uh, I'm actually going with the Jaguars to beat the Chargers in this playoff game. I just think the Chargers, 
have too many lapses on defense. I think when Joey Bosa comes back, it helps them tremendously. But I just still think that the um Doug Peterson knows how to move the offense, knows how to flow the game, where it's, it's taking the defense best players away from the action. Uh, you know, I think the Jaguars is gonna be a, a close game. I think a, a one touchdown game. Uh, give me a 21-14 Jaguars. I think Trevor Lawrence is gonna have a solid game. I think he may even have over 250 passing yards, uh, probably even more. Uh, I think it's gonna be a, a good game for the uh, for the passing and for Trevor Lawrence. Well, I'm gonna um, go ahead and <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say that I'm gonna pick. Whew, this is tough. I'm gonna go with the Chargers by three. 27 and 24. Although out of all the games, I can see this one being the upset here. You know, the last game that the Jaguars played, I thought that Trevor Lawrence didn't have his best game throwing the football. I thought he left, I thought the offense left a lot of meat on the bone, to be honest with you. But credit to the defense, Josh Allen for causing havoc all over the football field. They're going to need to do that, and they can. They beat the Chargers up the last time, but there was a lot of variables into that. Both of these teams are playing their best football right now. But I think as far as Brandon Staley, because Cousin and Zay, I'm not sure if you heard the talk of the town, but they are comparing oh, yeah. him and Mike McCarthy's job and saying that if they lose and they were winning done, that they will lose yep. their job. I don't really see that with Brandon Staley for obvious reasons. Number one, the charges are cheap. They're not going to pay and be at the top of the pay scale for Sean Payton. But also, I understand that Brandon Staley gets a lot of heat, you know, for mismanagement, coaching malpractice. And all that, but the way how he's able to kind of like get his defense ready and his game planning has been underrated. I'm gonna explain what exactly I mean. For example, when they played the 49ers on Sunday night, they held CMC Christian McCaffrey to 2.7 yards per carry. The best game that I've seen defensively, probably from any team defensively, considering the injuries during James was out, was against Miami Sunday night football. You had about yeah. two starters yeah. missing. And they were able to contain that high-octane explosive offense of the Dolphins. And it kind of laid down the foundation of how to beat them, right? So the fact that he's able to get that team modded by injuries to the playoffs, I think, is going under the radar because of some of the antics that come with it. Also, before I send the rock to you, if you're the Chargers, too, a lot of people looked at this team and what they added defensively in the offseason and said, oh, wow, they surrounded Herbert with a lot. Yeah, on defense, not on offense. They bought back Keenan Allen. The guy's old now, okay? They bought back uh, Mike Williams, injury-prone, along with Keenan Allen, two of the most injury-prone players in the NFL. You added nothing for Justin Herbert. You did nothing for Justin Herbert. You bought back the OC and Joe Lombardi, who's terrible for Justin Herbert. You bought everybody back. You know, you could add another weapon or two here for Justin Herbert. But yeah, Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley was able to get this team into the dance and that's why I like them to move on in advance. Ooh, mm. Okay, well, let's break the tie because I'm going Jaguars. <laughs> I'm going Jacksonville. Uh, and it's had nothing to do with Justin Herbert. It have all to do with Brent Stanley. Uh, it have all to do with Doug Peterson. It's going to out-coach him. It's have all to do with coaching. And I believe he's going to get exposed. And I believe this Charger team is going to be on a hot seat to get him a new coach because – I'm telling you right now, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to Justin Herbert. They're going to get out coached bad. I got the score 30 to 24. And Justin Herbert, without saying it, without being a disrupted employee, he's just going to show you the videotape. We got out coached, and I need a better coach. You talk about Mike 
Mike Williams and, and, and Keenan Allen and Eckler. Yo, he got weapons. They got enough weapons for Justin Herbert and this team to be much better than where they at right now. They got enough. Eckler is a sensational player. So at the end of the day, yeah, we can say he do some little things. I'm not saying he's a horrible coach, but he's like one of those coaches that can just get you right to the water. You know what I mean? But he ain't going to get you to drink the water. Okay? This is he. They need a coach, a Sean Payton, or a, a character like that, to bring them and drink that water. And this is going to be exposed on national television. This is going to be exposed for the world to see that you're not that type of coach. You're probably a coordinator. Okay? I keep telling you, there's a lot of head coaches out here that is faking the funk with the head coach hat on, and they should be on the other side as a coordinator. That's what he is. He's not a head coach, and that's fine. Okay? And it's not just him. There's a lot of them. So half of the coaches yeah. in the NFL right now is probably coordinators. At the end of the day, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. Doug Peterson came to Jacksonville and turned around a dysfunctional franchise in 17 yeah. weeks. 17 weeks, he turned around his entire franchise. This franchise looks like they're going places. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's going places. And that's all because of coaching. That's all because of Doug Peterson. And that's why Jacksonville is going to win the game. And the Jacksonville is at home. And let's not forget, Jacksonville went to L.A. and beat L.A. And now they're at home. They'll beat them again. Yeah, I didn't like that last comparison because I think it's of a relevance. You know, the Jaguars after that game went on a losing streak. So that was a tale of two halves. The Chargers after that game went on a winning streak. So there's a lot of variables. I do hope that the outcome that you said actually happens. And, you know, I, I say that with a with a big asterisk. I like both guys. I'm a Trevor Lawrence fan and a Justin Herbert fan. You know, so but for Trevor Lawrence, excuse me, for Justin Herbert's long term outlook, I do agree that Sean Payton is that guy, Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame quarterback. That's how you win Super Bowls. However, yeah. however, I'm not sure they're going to spend, and I'm not sure they're going to lose. Mm. Let's move yeah. on. Will the Miami Dolphins quarterback, Skylar Thompson, do the impossible, impossible, and have him a uh, impossible burger at the end of the game after they beat the Buffalo Bills? Will that happen? And you know what? I guess I'll start this one off. I'm going to say, hell no. He's not going to do the impossible, okay? I'm going to go with Buffalo by demolition. You know, I think it's going to be a, a massacre on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, look, Mike McDaniel, I want to talk about him because this game basically is going to come down to how well he can craft an offense and basically coach a perfect game. That's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to coach a perfect game in order for the Dolphins to win. Now, the good thing. The good thing about Tua not being there, and I can't even really say that's a good thing because we know why he's not there, but if you just know what I mean, the good thing about it is that Mike McDaniel can rush the football. Something his offense literally is built off of. It focuses on the running game. I don't know what happened this year. They ran away from that. He ran away from his number one dish, which is running the football, and I know why. Because they bought in Tyreek Hill, the yep. stud, top five wide receiver in the league, and they feel like they have to pass the ball and give him the ball because they have so many weapons that they can throw to, so they got pass happy. But now that you have a quarterback in Skylar Thompson, he's going to rush the football. Hopefully, Raheem Mostert can play in this game. I'm not sure if we have any updates on him, but they can run the football with him and Jeff Wilson. But needless to say, it's not going to put up the points that they need to succeed against Buffalo high-octane offense. So I'm going with Buffalo to win this game. 
you know, um, I think Scott Thompson will do the impossible, and that's um, throw with his left hand because I don't know what else he's going to be able to do on this football field. This man can't do anything, to say the least. He scored 11 points against the Jets for crying out loud, who was giving him the ball every damn possession. Um, you know, I'm going to say this. Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be up 31-0 at the end of the first quarter because this game is going to be a, it's going to be bad. It's gonna be a hor- It's gonna be a horrible game to watch. They might even cut it off live. It's gonna be that bad. Yeah, um, I don't give. I don't give Skylar Thompson and the um, Dolphins a chance to do anything against this on um, Buffalo Bills team. I oh, know there's rumors that Hyde may be coming back. Um, on his defense. Um, I know he was put on the practice squad. Don't know if that confirms him playing for the game, but he was um taken off the injury reserve so that he could practice and possibly be back in the game if the defense starts to get healthy. Um, this Buffalo Bills team is going to be dynamic. Uh, I want to say, give me the Bills. Uh, realistically, forty-two-seven. Uh, final score. Uh, it's going to be like a little set of demolition. Um, you know, kids, close your eyes. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a sad day for a lot of Miami Dolphin fans. Listen, man, it's a sweep. Demolition is on the way. <laughs> I wrote down the score, thirty-seven to ten, and I'm being generous. Um, and I, and like you said, Jay, thirty-one to zip. Seems very realistic. And then, you know, they scored at 10 points. Um, this is easy, man. Um, Buffalo got everything. Josh Allen is here. He's ready. I, I don't really want to even talk about the the injury-prone Miami Dolphins. I really want to talk about these Buffalo Bills and what type of playoff run they're about to embark on, what they're about to do, the mindset of them, of straight up win a Super Bowl. They Super Bowl or bust. I love the mindset. I think Josh Allen is geared up and ready to take that next step. Because he's tired, okay? He's tired of this Patrick Mahomes character. Like, he's really tired of this dude. I'm doing it, too. I'm running the ball. I'm throwing touchdowns. I'm doing my thing. I'm tired of this Patrick Mahomes dude. If they get to that, and I know I'm I'm, I'm skipping. They get to the MC Championship game, it's going to be a mutual field. That's a big thing for him. So they looking past this week. And that sometimes that could be dangerous, but they looking past this week. Miami, The Miami Dolphins don't have the talent or the coaching to compete with Buffalo. It's going to be a demolition. This is like a warm-up, okay? This is all this is. It's almost like a warm-up. They probably won't even be playing the second half. And like I said, 37-10, Buffalo. You know what's crazy? Because I disagree in the sense that I don't really, really think that they're looking ahead. I think that the more Hamlin situation got them mm, playing got them focused. hard. Got them yeah, like, yo, it. we about to that's make it. a point here, right? And, you know, a lot of people talked about that little, you know, injury incident. And it was like, yo, that might come back and hurt them. Now, I actually think that's going to give them a light to nah, play hard every night. And so, Absolutely. yeah, they're going to be dangerous. But my last point on that Tyreek Hill theory that I made about why McDaniel is rushing away from rushing the football is because you look at the numbers. He was targeted 165 times through 16 Ooh. games, a career high. He wasn't even targeted like this on on the Chiefs. <laughs> but anyway, my final score is 31 to 10. I like Buffalo. Let's move on. Well, we finally take the Vikings seriously after Sunday's match against the Giants. Zay, will we take them seriously after next week? Um, after next week, what do you mean after next week? I think the Vikings are to lose. Uh, you know, <laughs> after next week, I, I don't. What do you mean? I, I personally look. I, I I've been saying it all season. I don't trust Kirk Cousins. I don't trust his Vikings. I don't trust the coach because the Vikings have shown us time and time again they fall in big moments. This is a team that hasn't won a big game since Casey Keenum left, and that says a lot. Since Diggs left, they they don't achieve what they need to. This team definitely falters, and I think, um, you know, it's it's gonna be telling on what this team does. You know, this Vikings team has a terrible defense. Their defense is never 
in sync. No matter if they're all healthy, they're all hurt. They're just never in sync. The offense is is issues because the person who stops Justin Jefferson is never the defense. It's Kirk Cousins himself. He's the one that stops Justin Jefferson from going off, from getting big on um, big um yardage games, getting big touchdown games. You know, it's difficult just to really be on the Viking side when Kirk Cousins is your quarterback and he has a disappearing act he does at the end of each season. This man does it all the time. He is really the the the, the new age uh Jay Cutler. This man does not show up when you need him the most. He is not the leader in the locker room when you need him the most. So um, I'm going, and especially since the Vikings played the Giants earlier in the season and they won by a 61-yard field goal. Like, who the hell is kicking 61-yard field goals? I guess he is. But listen, I think the Giants are going to win by literally a field goal this time around. Give me the score 23-20. to I think Daniel Jones is going to have a great game against his Vikings defense. And, um, you know, I have more to say about that and my 99 cents. But it's going to be yeah. a lot going on for the for this game. But I have the Giants winning this game against Minnesota. Yo, r- really quick, cousin. Zay, I got the exact score, bro. I, I actually want to show you that I wrote this down. 23-20 Giants. I don't know if you want to jump in, cousin, and, and then I go afterwards. Or I could just take now it you carry this. it on. All right, I carried on. Yes, Zay, I'm on, I'm on board. Um, Minnesota, well, we won't believe in these cats. I never believed in them, okay? What they record is 13-4, and four, never believed in them. Think about this. They got a 13-4 record, and their opponents for the season outscored them. Okay, think about that. You know what I mean? You won 13 games, only lost four, and your opponents outscored you. You know how many close games you probably say? Well, that's a great thing. They know how to win close games. No, they had a lot of balls bounce their way this year. 61-yard field goal to beat the Giants, like you just said, Zay. This is not a team. I don't believe in Kirk Cousins. No. Now, Danny Dimes, Saquon Barkley, people buried them two, three years ago. They buried Saquon Barkley. He's finished. He's done. He's injury. He's done. Danny Dimes can't throw a lick. He's finished. This is the time. When you said playoffs is about legacy, this is the time where Saquon Barkley, Danny Dimes, is going to really get into the hearts of the New York Giant fanmanship. Because when you win playoff games as a Giants or the Giants fan base, oh, they love the mess out of you. And this is going to be where Danny Dimes get his bag, okay, because he's going to get paid off of this right here. He's going to win a playoff game. Might just be one, but he's going to win a playoff game on the road. Sound like Eli Manny, because every time he won his Super Bowls, it was on the road. So at the end of the day, Danny Dimes, Saquon Barkley, 23 to 20, Minnesota, they're done. We won't be talking about them next week. Yeah, I'm going to respectfully disagree. You know, I think there's this narrative and notion that the Vikings are the most fraudulent team in the NFL. And, you know, I can see the arguments and we could bring out the stats about the negative point differential despite being 13 and four. But I think the more eye popping stat is the fact that they're great in situational football, 11 and 0 in close games. That tells me something more than likely you're not going to win by a blowout or you might not get blowed out depending on who you play in the playoffs. These games are going to be close. So I'm going to take that experience in situational football and let them win this game and pick them to win this game. Excuse me. And I think if you're the Vikings, if you can hold Saquon Barkley to less than 100 yards, you're going to win this game. Like I said, you're known as the frauds. But if we're being honest, who are the Giants actually fooling? They have no talent. We know that. They're not fooling anybody. We know they don't have the pieces and the talent. We know they can't go far. So they should be able to win this game. They eliminate Saquon hold him to under 100, then they should be good. They hold him under 100 the last meeting. He had about 84 yards. Now, credit, they only won by three, but that's because Danny Dimes had himself a dime day. You know what I'm saying? But if they can hold him under 100, 
then they should be able to win this game. I like them to win this game. Hmm. Let's move on. Gotta keep on moving. Will John Harbaugh keep it moving? Will him and the Ravens, okay, will he coach the Ravens to an upset over the Bengals? Um, Cuzzo. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, this won't be an upset over the Bengals. Um, and listen, if Lamar Jackson was playing, we're talking a whole different thing. He's that dynamic. He's that good. Clearly, he's not playing in this game. So that once, once Lamar Jackson said he's not playing in this game, then Cincinnati won this game, right? If Lamar Jackson was playing this game, then we can toss that around. Right now, no. Jim Harbaugh, no. Baltimore Ravens, no. Defensively, they're playing well. They're playing better. And I don't, don't get it twisted. They, they, they there. But we're talking about Joe Burrow. We're talking about Chase. We're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. We're talking about the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. We're talking about a team that is good and believe in their hearts that they're the best team in the NFL, okay? If you go in that locker room right now at the Cincinnati Bengals, they think they could beat anybody on any field at any given time. That's how much confidence this team got. Um, and they're going to show y'all what they are really made of when they beat up on the Baltimore Ravens without Lamar Jackson, okay? And I believe even with Lamar Jackson, I probably would have picked Cincinnati anyway. Without Lamar Jackson, it's Cincinnati hands now. I got this score to be 28 to 10. I don't think Baltimore's going to be able to muster up a lot of offense. And um, I like the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I think John Harborough, the only person that's going to be upset is him when he gets fired because this man deserves to be fired for a very long time now. Um, the fact that he was running Lamar Jackson ragged his entire damn career is ridiculous. The fact that Lamar they tried to move Lamar Jackson to a running back position when he first got drafted there. People forgot about that. People just thought, mm. oh, Lamar Jackson, was they were trying to move his position because they thought he wasn't a quarterback. Ridiculous to say the least. Um, You know, I think Cincinnati's going to destroy them. Uh, I just think the Ravens are not set to com uh, compete. With the Bengals fully healthy, ready to go. Joe Burrow knows he's in a playoffs. He's in a different mode, a different zen in the playoffs. This is a guy who almost took a championship last year against the Rams. It was almost literally a play away that could have um, took and uh, won that game for them. Uh, and um, I just think Joe Burrow, his mind is in a different place. You know, this man yeah. even said in an interview, uh, I think a couple weeks back, you know, when I'm on a team, on, on this Bengals team, my championship window is always going to be open. That's the kind of confidence right. that exudes out of him. I think yeah. right now, John Harborough is not even focused on his game. He's focused if Lamar Jackson is coming back to this team. And I think that's, that's going to be the downfall for the Ravens because they don't even know what's going to happen after this game. I don't think anyone on that Ravens team is confident that they're going to win this game. And that's scary. And that's the scary part about it. I, don't, I just think it's going to be a landslide. Even to score 35-10, to 10, um, you know, I think I think the Bengals are really going to mud stomp them. I think Mixon's going to get a touchdown. I think Chase is going to get a touchdown. Higgins. Um, um, what's the tight? What's the tight end's name? Um, Hayden. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna get a touchdown. I think Boyd is just gonna tap all the way into the end zone. I just think it's gonna be a dominant showing for this Bengals team. Um, I don't think the Ravens are gonna be prepared for what they have coming to them in this game, especially since the Bengals are pissed off about that whole situation with them and the Bills about they had yeah. to do a coin toss and all those other stuff. I know they're peeved about that, so they're gonna really show the Ravens what pain it really is and when they play. Um, I don't think it's gonna be that bad. I mean, I think you're low key disrespecting John Harbaugh. They're like, you know, I have my critiques of him, Claire. That's off the record, but it's also on the record as well. You know, I think for John Harbaugh, right? To answer this question before I actually answer the question, when you look at John Harbaugh, you can never really count him out and say he's gonna get blown out out of a playoff game. That's disrespectful, Zay, to be honest with you. Because say what you want. I know when I had my Mike Tomlin debates and everybody came to me, well, you know, he had to go up against Bill Belichick. John Harbaugh did too, and he beat Bill Belichick twice. 
And he beat Bill Belichick twice, almost beat him a third time. I remember those days. They was our biggest nemesis, not the Steelers. So he can coach. We know that. We know he can go on the road. He actually has the highest winning percentage on the road in the playoffs than any other coach in the NFL currently coaching right now. That means something. However, I do like the Bengals. They're on a different time. They're on a different timing right now. They are on demon time right now. I can't pick against Joe Burrow. I'm not taking Tyler Huntley over Joe Burrow. Okay, the last time these two teams played, credit. The Ravens have a shot. Their defense held the Bengals to 215 yards, which, you know, you would say 215. That's decent. Yeah, for the Bengals, that's bad for the Bengals. 215 for this high octane offense on 42 pass attempts from Joe Burrow. Um, that's actually good, you know, because when you look at the Ravens, they haven't allowed more than 16 points since November. Mm. Their defense have turned the corner with the addition of Walcorn Smith. They, mm. they ranked 20 points per game allowed, allowed, 20 points per game allowed, and 24th in yards per game prior to his addition. Now they are ranked second in both categories. So they can win this game off of defense. However, I think in a close game, Final drive. I'm taking Joe Burrow, top three quarterback in this league, and I got the Bengals winning this game. I say 24 to 17. Mm. Let's move on. Let's move it on. We got the final game here. We have to save the best for last. Yeah. Okay. Tom Brady versus Dak Prescott. Who's under more pressure? Okay. Against the Buccaneers. Is it Mike McCarthy or Dak Prescott? Now, I want to start up there before we give our predictions. Who's under the most pressure, Mike McCarthy or Dak Prescott? Cuzzo. Mike McCarthy. Uh, he could get fired, and that's as simple as that. Dak Prescott is under pressure, but he ain't going nowhere. He's under contract. Zay? Um, I actually was going to go with Dak Prescott. Um, there's a notion that Dak Prescott can't be a quarterback in his league, um, at least a starter. Um, I think, you know, there's a notion that he's been given all the tools and assets to succeed um, on Dallas, and he has yet to um, do anything and to achieve anything on his team. So I think Dak Prescott actually has the most pressure to show that he could win against the best of them. And why not against a Buccaneers defense who's been playing outstanding the last uh, couple weeks um, of the, uh, the season going into the playoffs? I'm going to break the tie here. I'm going to agree with him. Who's him? <laughs> I'm going to agree with Zay. I'm going to agree with Zay. That's the him I'm going to agree with. You know, now, Cuzzle, you made a solid point. We all know that coaches' jobs are not guaranteed, you know, compared to quarterbacks, especially what the Cowboys deem to be a franchise quarterback. They see him that way. I don't. I see him as the most overrated quarterback in the league. However, I think Dak Prescott is losing confidence, and that's pivotal. Right now, this man has 15 interceptions on the year despite missing five games, I think this is a confidence thing now. He can go mm. into this game and not be confident. And if you ask any quarterback or any media head which quarterback is under the most pressure, that's Dak Prescott. When you talk about coaches, you can argue Brendan Staley, you said it before, and Mike McCarthy in the same branch. But Dak Prescott, he's on the island by himself. He's under the most pressure because it's time for him to show that he is that guy, right? Even though I know he's not. He's the Santa Claus of the NFL. He's always giving away the ball, okay, to everybody. And um, I think against this Buccaneers opportunistic defense, yeah, it could be very problematic. So I'm going to go with Dak Prescott here. And as far as my prediction for the game, 
I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win this game. I'm going to give a cheesy score of 24 to 17. The reason why is because I do think we are getting some reinforcements on our offensive line back. Um, hopefully Ryan Jensen can go. If he can't go, then I'm going to be crying. But, um, you know, I ain't lying. You still got Robert Hainsley and Gerald Everett, excuse me, Nick Everett. You know, if we can get our offensive line more intact, watch out, two chains, watch out. I think we can win two rings, okay? Oh, my gosh, I'm in the flow. You know how that go. Tom Brady is the GOAT, you know? Come on. You know, okay. I actually want to um, replicate that score, 24-17. I think the Buccaneers will win this game. You know, I think Amari Cooper said it best. Uh, Dak Prescott is the black Kirk Cousins. You can't trust the man to do anything. And uh, I think that's something that says the least that's, That says the least about what Dak Prescott is. I think he's – no matter who the coach is, no matter who the uh, offensive coordinator is, uh, Dak Prescott will find a way to lose you that football game. And I think that, um, that's telling, to say the least. The Dallas Cowboys need to get out that contract immediately. But, you know, that's Jerry Jones' favorite for right now. And you know what happens when you're his favorite guy. He keeps you forever. That's a forever contract. So, um, yeah, I got the Buccaneers 24-17. I hope – you know, I heard from, you know, um, Lil, of course, also the, the sources – online they are getting some offensive linemen back the buccaneers so it should be promising so that tom brady gets some time in the pocket the, the throw the football and the running game will be a lot better um but you know time will tell to see what happens on game day hmm. yeah man this is gonna be a very interesting game we talking about a tampa bay team under 500 yes they at home a dallas team that won 12 games and everybody been picking them defense, Michael Parsons, and all of these things they got going on. But let's break it down for real. And for real it is, this game is set up on Monday Night Football for another spectacular performance from Tom Brady. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to break this down to y'all. Okay, as Dallas going to play well, I think this game is going to be close. I think it's going to be tight. And as the Dallas get the lead in the fourth quarter, Dak Prescott, shows that he can play under pressure and take the lead over Tom Brady in the fourth quarter, 27 to 21, leaving Tom Brady, you know, something around two minutes. And Tom Brady does what he always do. I think the man got, what, 43 comebacks in his playoff career or his career, whatever. You know, he got 43 comebacks in his career, whatever all these numbers he got. He's going to do it again, just like he always do. He's going to drive them all the way down, score a touchdown, and this score will be 28-27, Tampa Bay on Monday night, stage set up for Tom Brady to show his greatness once again. 45 years old, 46 years old, 47, 48. It doesn't matter how old he is. He's still going to do it. And Dallas Cowboys fans, Dallas Cowboys team, Dallas Cowboy owner is going to do what they do every single year. Cry and say next year is our year. That's all. That's what's going to happen. Absolutely. And you know what's crazy? You know, I'm not really fond of our coaching, but it's good to have another coach that's not really a great coach on the other sideline. It makes me feel better about this game. And I think the Buccaneers, they found a, a formula to win. Like I said, I don't know how stable that formula is right now, but it's, yo, defense, keep the game close to two minutes and let us get the ball in Tom Brady's hands with the ball last and run that two-minute offense, no huddle, and win the game that way. Absolutely. Simple. Absolutely. 